1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. I am joined by Colin Drew on the morning of Wednesday, October 27th. We are here for a DFS main slate on Sunday that does not feature the Dallas Cowboys, does not feature the Minnesota Vikings, uh, does not feature the Arizona Cardinals, the Green Bay Packers, the Baltimore Ravens. So we are we are devoid of of uh we are devoid of some real studs and there are some real clunky game i mean we got sf chicago we got pittsburgh cleveland i mean we got we got more totals at like 42 than i think i've seen in a slate in a long time
0: yeah i think last night's or last week's slate was reduced but there were some pretty appealing spots uh this week maybe not quite as much but cooper cup still in the slate so at least you know you've got like 170 yards and two touchdowns locked into your lineup to start
1: yeah um, all right, so let's do it. Our, our first game is actually probably the game that if it somehow remains close is the most interesting, which is the Los Angeles Rams at the Houston Texans. Obviously, we have huge projections on Matthew Stafford, huge projections on Cooper Cup, Daryl Henderson, you know, even Robert Woods uh, has a, a slight value um, projection. So really the question is, what is the play calling like for the Rams in the second half and do, is there any Texan you view as a bring back? Uh, Cause I, I think no to the second part for me that I, that's one thing I'm doing this year is I am not forcing bringbacks on the lions, the Texans, the giants, you know, some of these just total bottom feeding teams.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I know we went through the same kind of conversation last week with the lions. And I think DeAndre Swift did end up kind of getting there in the lions jumping out to the early lead. Possibly what oh, kept he, the foot he, on the he gas. He was the
1: highest scoring running back in the main slate.
0: Yeah, so I mean, I think that was probably part of what kept the foot on the gas for the Rams too. So um, there's definitely, you know, I think we were interested in Swift and Hawkinson potentially, but definitely not forcing the bring back on Houston. I think you could consider Brandon Cooks, but yeah, definitely don't feel like you have to bring it back with them and. Uh Darrell Henderson just continues to get all the work out of the backfield for the Rams. Didn't really get there last week because it all went through the air and through Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford. But Henderson's price has not really moved from last week. His role hasn't really moved from last week. The matchup hasn't really gotten worse. He, he actually got week, his so.
1: he actually got his most targets last week. He just didn't, you know, there were no Financing, he had no yeah. Yeah, he had no explosive gains and no um no touch. So he's, pr-
0: he's he's probably the best running back play on the slate, just from a value perspective.
1: Yeah, I would expect most people will use him in cash. I expect he will be fifteen to twenty percent owned in tournaments. I mean, there are a lot of like six K running backs who are kind of in play this week. The the thing that becomes interesting is is Stafford double stacks. Still a play in tournaments, even though we expect this game to not be competitive at all. You know, Stafford was my my double stack last week. I didn't really expect that game to be competitive the way it ended up being competitive with all the fake punts and onside kicks and stuff. But I just expected regardless of how the game came out for Stafford to be throwing in the fourth quarter for like, you know, nebulous narrative reasons. And I I mean, I don't feel that way about this Texans game at all
0: yeah definitely it's been a bit of a battle um how many points did kyler end up putting last week against the texans because i mean i i definitely think that like the 30 point game is in play for stafford it does feel thin that unless somebody on Houston's able to keep it competitive that like the 40 point game is in play
1: i mean he had a fine game 261 passing yards three passing touchdowns four rushes for for 36 yards so like yeah. a, a fine game but not not a slate breaker
0: yeah, and that, that kind of feels like what I wouldn't be shocked if Stafford throws three two three and a half touchdowns if he flirts with three hundred yards, but it's hard to see that four hundred yard like five touchdown performance.
1: yeah, yeah, no, that uh that that seems fair. i mean, and and Texans players, I mean, I guess there, there will be, there's always a chance that Brandon cooks will, will sneak his way into optimals. With I mean, he's, 5,
0: I he's getting like 32% of the team's targets. So yeah. um, I don't think it's like an egregious spring back. If you do want to do it and there'll be plenty of, of like garbage time.
1: So, right. So the next game, Philadelphia Eagles at the Detroit lions. I, I was telling you right before we started, I actually think this game is going to end up being chalky right? Huge, huge projection on Jalen Hurts. Actually, this is true. Jalen Hurts is the only quarterback to be a top 12 scoring quarterback every game that he started this year. Uh, the, the interesting thing is there will be no garbage time in this game, right? Or at least the line is anticipating there to, there to be no garbage time. And Miles Sanders is not going to be playing here. So we could see them going even more pass heavy, uh, Dallas Goddard had a huge role last week. Uh, I think it was his, I I believe it was the highest snap share um, of his career in in a game last week. He played 93% of the snaps, only got five targets, but, you know, we would expect his role to grow there. Devonta Smith at 5,500, he has a huge target share. I actually think he looks probably like the best uh, play from this game. And then no Miles Sanders. So we got to, you know, is Kenneth Gainwell going to be the guy? Is Boston Scott going to be the guy? Is Boston Scott just going to play Miles Sanders' role? Are they going to give Jordan Howard carries, right? Because that's really what would throw the wrench into it. Scott and Gainwell probably are both decent plays at their prices, unless Jordan Howard is getting like eight carries here, because then that really that really sucks away um, some of their value.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I feel like Miles Sanders went down early enough in that game that Jordan Howard is like the wrench, but it, it looks like they're going to lean on both Gainwell and Scott with, with Scott kind of like Gainwell play it on 50% of snaps, Scott playing at 30%. So they'll use both those guys. Both those guys are capable pass catchers as well. And I, I it feels like that's likely the split with the potential Jordan Howard. I don't see like an eight to 10 carry game coming, but you could definitely see like the, the goal line troll touchdowns for sure. Um, the other thing I was interested in, in watching last week was whether, or not in their first game without Zach Ertz, what the role of Jack Stoll would be. And he only played on 18% of the snaps. And so they ran a lot more three-wide. They played Quez
1: and Greg Ward way more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, Quez is is kind of up now close to like an every down player, like 75% of the team snaps. And so I think um, like Gian Rager, Quez Watkins a little bit more in play than they were maybe when it was a Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard kind of two tight end offense.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, the, the Eagles defense has just been piss poor. So, you know, Deandre Swift at 7,100, he is going to be a play. The The more interesting question to me is, you know, what do we do with TJ Hawkinson and are people going to play $5,300 Khalif Raymond, which is, you know, not a sentence I ever thought I would say, but he, I mean, Raymond is the guy who like, if this game actually is just a, you know, a big 12 game with no defenses played, that 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 role he has in the Lions offense is actually like kind of valuable because Goff doesn't like to throw the ball down the field and Raymond is running all those routes, you know, the, the short routes and stuff. So, I, I mean, I, I certainly don't think I, I have the fortitude to play him in like single entry or something, but I would I would probably like give him a, a correlated key boost and the optimizer in a 150 run with Hertz. yeah i i
0: hear you there i think that's fair i mean his like his target percent isn't dissimilar from tj hawkinson his fantasy points per snap isn't dissimilar but the positional value that you're giving up it's harder to see like a a massive explosive game coming out of him than it is maybe tj hawkinson just winning the tight end position so i still prefer swift and hawkinson i think it's the bring back options and there are other kind of guys that are priced in that 5k range that have 30 points in the range of outcomes maybe raymond does and i'm not giving him credit but no i think that's no where I sit right no now.
1: i think a good raymond game would be like 24
0: yeah and i'm just, at, at tight end that's great i think uh right at, so if Hawkinson gets there that's great i don't think it's quite as good at wide receiver
1: yeah um okay the next game very similar to the rams houston game the Bengals at the jets so the reason why it's interesting is the Bengals finally the last two weeks have kind of gone away from just pounding Joe Mixon into you know they they've they've let Burrow open up uh, the the offense a little bit. Obviously, we all know uh, about about how dominant Jamar Chase has been, but T. Higgins with like an all-time uh, unrealized fantasy points game last week—15 targets, but only seven receptions for 62 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, I mean, I, I think that you got to bet on T this week at 5,200 against the Jets. Like, I, I think he is a cash play. I think that he is a amazing single entry, three max play, even without Joe Burrow. The question would be, is are the prices of Burrow, Chase, and Higgins prohibitive for double stacking them if they blow if they blow the Jets out? You know, if Burrow gets... Yeah, can burrow get 340 passing yards and four passing touchdowns here like he can but i you know i I don't know if it's at their percentages if he is the the correct play
0: yeah the the double stack is definitely a little bit price prohibitive given the spot i think the individual pieces are probably more viable than like the whole thing so jamar chase can definitely still get there at 7500 right t higgins is one of the guys you're talking about playing Khalif raymond well you play cleave raymond you're not playing someone like t higgins there and t higgins legitimately has like the 25 to 30 point ceiling um so shockingly leading the team in targets uh and like even when you take out that game from last week we still have him kind of as a clear wide receiver too so uh, t is going to get there one of these weeks and this seems like as good of a week as any at a really cheap price tag on the slate so um jamar chase t higgins i think joe mixon's still in play on the slate as well yeah um Running back, probably looking to only play two running backs, I think, on this slate, unless some oh, obvious values sure. open up, but uh, I think Mixon's in there, and like, I mean, what Patriots running backs had five touchdowns against the Jets last week, six, it was crazy.
1: Yeah, so the the other guy, I, I have to mention him, but Michael Carter played 72% of the snaps last week with Tevin Coleman inactive, 11 rushes, but he got nine targets in the passing game, despite really only like he was giving a lot of um third down work up to ty johnson who got six targets in this game but if carter was to start to get some of that third down work i mean he could he could be like a a much shittier version of deandre swift basically and uh he's priced at 4900 and i i was just talking about this with i can't remember if i was talking with with peter with holka but like it, it sucks because back in the day with the old DraftKings floor for salaries where the floor was 3000 Carter would have been like 4,200 or whatever. So at 4,900, it, it's not great, but like in terms of a jets bring back, I, I actually think I would probably go Carter over any of the wide receivers.
0: Yeah. It's pretty close between him and Jameson Crowder probably, but um, I think it's fair. I think he's the guy that hits like MMB builds for me. He doesn't really sniff the three max. Radar, just because I think a, a good game is still in that 20 to 25 point range. There's some other players that have higher ceilings, but um, I don't think it's, I, I guess it's not like completely outlandish. It's yeah, probably not as close to DeAndre Swift, probably closer to like a, a low end Chubba Hubbard or what we've seen from Devonta Booker or, the or, JD, or JD,
1: McK- JD McKissick or something like that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Maybe like Devonta Booker is a pretty good example where, yeah, he could, he could get there. Like he could catch six balls and.
1: And score if he scores up from the one yard line or whatever um all right so next enemy game, for sure yeah yeah uh pittsburgh steelers at the cleveland browns i mean just the disgusting <laughs> steelers have a team total of 19 cleveland has a team total of 22 we are expecting case keenum to start in this game i mean maybe we'll hear something different but this looks like 39 year old ben roethlisberger versus case keenum i guess the the interesting thing is that despite having just an absolutely ginormous um projection in terms of like total touches Najee not leaping off the page as a as a smash but I wonder if that actually makes him like Najee at 10% in tournaments I would be pretty into
0: yeah I've been buying the workload for a little bit and the ownership has kind of trailed it a little bit because the team totals are definitely not there to support it um so I do think Najee is in consideration um I also was kind of curious where the projections would end up for Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. And it seems like the team totals not high enough to really make it interesting, but if Cleveland gets some of their guys back, I guess, for this game, if the total moves in a better direction, then potentially you've got Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool with a more concentrated offense without Juju Smith-Schuster in the lineup. So um, that's just something I think this game is probably a stay away and three max, probably uh, at least a little bit of consideration in tournaments in MME, but. Uh, even
1: if if Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool were like 5800 instead of 6700 I could be I could be into them but I I thought we might
0: see him there exactly
1: yeah like T.E. Higgins
0: just feels like a far superior play than these guys
1: right and then uh, you know on the Cleveland side it's like I you know I guess Chubb at 6800 could get there but that's kind of under the assumption that Dearness Johnson did not earn himself a role with what would he have 146 yards and a touchdown last week? Like, it just feels like they're kind of, like they are going to reward that performance. Uh, I don't know. I mean, if this game is just so bad. Like, it's so bad that even $4,600 Odo Beckham, like, I, I'm not even considering it for a second.
0: There's, I mean, there's some chance that Chubb gets 80% of the carries and 20% of the targets, right? that he's back healthy 20 percent
1: of the targets would be pretty surprising well, but 80 percent of the carries I could totally see
0: yeah I mean I guess it would be a, a little surprising but it's not like Dernis Johnson was this like generational pass catching no, back su- and so he
1: sucks. he's slugged. we had
0: like a huge projection on Kareem Hunt when Chubb was out and Kareem Hunt was getting all of the workload before he got injured and so um he's the best player on this team and it wouldn't be surprising to me at all if uh, you end up getting Chubb with a pass catching role at six thousand eight
1: hundred. Yeah, um, yeah. I just I don't know. Like I, I got I got nothing for this game. Uh, San Francisco at Chicago. Honestly, a, a very similar game. The difference being the running backs are way cheaper. Eli Mitchell is fifty four hundred. And depending on how you feel about what what you know was the the cause between that playing time split between Khalil Herbert and. Damian Williams last week, like Damian did not get any days of practice in. So he was only, he was only active, but had not practiced at all. But Khalil Herbert got six targets last week. The most he'd gotten Uh, Damian, I think played like 13 total snaps or something. Uh, And obviously, you know, they were getting their doors blown off. So you would expect that to be more of, you know, Damian's like playing the passing downs and stuff. I, I do think both Herbert and Mitchell are in play you know, don't want to play either a quarterbacks in this game. George Kittle still out, you know, Mooney and um, Allen Robinson and Komet. Those guys are really not interesting for me. What would be interesting is Debo is going to be like 1.6% owned or something in this slate at uh, 7,400 on DraftKings. And like, he is like immune to game context. Like he, he just had 101 in a game his team got blown out in, in the middle of a monsoon. Like Debo is like Debo, like he's like Cooper cup, but on a super shitty team that doesn't score any points.
0: <laughs> yeah. He's, he's had like a true alpha role. And I think it's not, it hasn't been regressing the way maybe we thought it might. Um, so I definitely think Debo's in, in play. I'm a little bit worried about the backfield for San Francisco. I think it's hard to lean too heavily on what happened last week. Um, I, I think you can probably count on Eli Mitchell, being like the lead back from a carries perspective, but Jamichael Hasty mixing in on a lot of the passing downs for them. And I could see him still being involved. So like a 60, 40 split seems fair there. And I don't know. I think there are better spots probably for a 60, 40 split at the running back position. Um, but I, I guess don't I think per-
1: it's a 60, 40 split. I mean, Jamichael, Jamichael Hasty got three carries and Eli Mitchell got eight. They, they, I think they're pretty clearly segmented into roles like Hasty, Hasty got six targets. Eli Mitchell got none. Like what Eli Mitchell is basically Damian Harris is, is sort of how I would think about it. Like, okay. Yeah. He's, he's got to get a hundred yards and a touchdown to hit optimals, but like they're going to give him lots of chances to get to hundred yards and a touchdown.
0: Yeah. I think that's fair. Like a Damian Harris role. I think it's fair. He probably plays 60% of team snaps. So yeah. Um, I have maybe a little bit more interest in Darnell Mooney than you do. Like the 49ers secondary, even in the monsoon was giving it up through the air if it wasn't for pass interference, like Michael Pittman might've had 160 yards and two touchdowns. So I think that attacking the 49ers secondary is still viable. This game could definitely just be like a total zero all the way around. But um, I have at least a little bit of interest in Darnell Mooney and Allen Robinson.
1: Yeah. Um, All right. Miami at Buffalo. So this would be the one game for me. If you disagree with the line, where it could get interesting because you know the dolphins for, for the first part of this equation is the dolphins have completely abandoned running the ball which is obviously that's really good for uh full PPR on DraftKings and Waddle, Gesicki, Parker all very you know relatively affordable bring backs and then you know the the dolphins defense has been bad and Josh Allen is really expensive but Manny Sanders uh, uh, Dawson Knox who is doubtful who we have in the projections right now you know if I if I remove Dawson Knox's uh you know 13 and percent target share or whatever and disperse that between Sanders Beasley and Gabe Davis those guys are going to, you know specifically Beasley and Sanders are going to look like really good plays I I I would probably do bring backs with with my bills I think I would do Waddle, Gasicki, Parker um just one because I think that I, I like continue to kind of believe more in the dolphins in the market, but also just because they're passing so much and two is completing a ton of his passes too. So they, it might be like impotent, but he is completing a ton of these passes, which again is big for DraftKings scoring.
0: Yeah, I, I think that makes sense. And uh, the Bills definitely willing to continue to throw the ball as well, even if they're up by multiple scores. And so um, I think that, Makes a lot of sense. Devontae Parker has been inactive the past couple of weeks. Um, so something we'll need to keep an eye on. Um, it would just add another body to distribute targets to. The passing volume has been there, but neither Waddle or Jasicki is really commanding more than like 22% of the team's targets. So it's definitely been something where they're spreading the la- around a bit. If Devontae Parker is active, that's gonna continue even more. So definitely agree with everything you said on the Buffalo side. We're perhaps a little aggressive in the run pass ratio as well. Um, but if you do think that's accurate with a 31 point team total, then I think Zach Moss is going to be in play because he he's 5200. He's taken over more of the work in the backfield from Devin Singletary, so um, you know he's he's out targeted and out carried him the past few weeks. And um, I, I think at 5200, like I'd prefer to take a gamble on Zach Moss, I think, than I would on Michael Carter.
1: Yeah. And so the you know the comparison for this game from like a line perspective would be the Texans game that they won 40 to 0. Josh Allen had 30 passing attempts, 248 passing yards, two touchdowns, but Singletary and Moss each got 14 carries, but if you slide, you know, six of those from Singletary to Moss, then he's like okay, you know, close to the 100-yard bonus, probably uh, uh well, definitely is is the goal line back over Singletary, so it yeah. could, could actually see Moss being one of the sneakier running back plays of the slate. And then I think, I the, think like go ahead. Dawson
0: Knox out is pretty big. Cause there's not another tight end is really going to fill the void. Like it's, it's going to yes. be a ton Tommy, Tommy of the wide Sweeney. receivers. And um, yeah, like Tommy Sweeney, not exactly inspiring confidence. So you're going to have like Manny Sanders, Cole Beasley. I think it could be incredible tournament plays allen double stacks with digs in one of those guys or with both those wide receivers and no digs are going to be really strong values as well
1: yeah um all right we have the tennessee titans at the indianapolis colts i actually think due to the context of the week this is going to end up being a popular i was wondering uh, about that yeah because so so like if you know if you look at it like well okay you're not you don't really want to bring back the texans Philadelphia, Detroit, you don't really want to bring back Jets. Obviously the last two games we talked about Pittsburgh, Cleveland, San Francisco, Chicago, those are not appealing spots. Uh, I, I might, I, I seem to like the dolphins more, but you have, you know, the narrative with the Titans defense being terrible. We have AJ Brown with the resurgent game. We have Michael Pittman jr. With the, the, the big performance on, you know, the, the Island game, people always love that stuff. So I actually think that, um, Maybe maybe the quarterbacks don't end up being that owned, but I think that we're going to see big, I mean, huge ownership on Michael Pittman Jr., who is priced at fifty three hundred. We have a huge projection on him, and then you know AJ Brown priced at uh, sixty nine hundred, but had the massive game last week. Julio uh, is questionable for this game with a hamstring injury. I have him in the projections right now. I could actually see Julio being the the swerve here but i mean guys guy's been massively disappointing obviously julio jones has
0: yeah definitely so i think carson Wentz, from a value perspective 5700 he's one of the stronger value plays that we have mobile enough to get some rushing touchdowns not just the goal line qb sneaks you know they run that read option play and then you have single stacks either punting the tight end position with mo alley cox or with michael pittman jr so those are i think the, the strongest plays out of this game and then trying to figure out the bring back probably with one of the tight ends there. Michael Pittman Jr. Was seeing a 27% target share um, earlier Paris Campbell, T.Y. Heldon both expected to be out again. And so it is a more condensed offense. Um, I think that we've seen for the Colts at different points of the season. So I think Michael Pittman Jr. Another, like we were talking about the Khalif Raymond play, like Pittman Jr. And T. Higgins could definitely break the slate open. Kaleef Raymond, I'd be pretty shocked if he did.
1: Yeah, Pittman, Pittman and uh T Higgins, I I feel like they'll be the most popular one-off wide receivers. Um uh, kind of like how Calvin Ridley was last week or Godwin was the most uh the most popular. I think he was like 33% owned in single entry stuff and then Calvin Ridley was like 25% and I think that those guys will be similarly popular uh to how those guys were last week. And and by the way, I might I might eat it. Like with T specifically, like if I flip the cards over and T is 25% owned. I'm not even going to feel that bad about it. I'm going to be like, yeah, he should he should be that owned probably.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I mean we we've had talked about this game, we haven't really talked about Derrick Henry. Like they're just he's going to continue to get yes. 30 carries and it's just a question of whether he scores two, three touchdowns, whether he rushes for like 120, 150 or 180 yards.
1: So um, Yeah, I mean he's the he's the top player in fantasy. He's priced down I mean, Ish, he's 92, yeah. 9,200 last week, 8,900 this week. Uh, You know, don't, don't think he will be that popular in cash game builds. And as a result, you know, you, you, he was owned in tournaments, but the thing is now like the narrative is just that Cooper cup is actually the guy you want. And it's very, like, I don't know if you could get away. You'd have to play like case Keenum, you know, last week there were Rainbow like three payoff point.
0: options at the wide receiver position too. Um, so you had Tyreek Adams cup all there um this week you got cup, you got Jamar chase, um, but the other guys are like good plays, but maybe, I mean, digs, I guess. But then um, beyond that, you've got guys who are maybe a tiny bit overpriced or are in slightly worse spots than they've been at different points of the season.
1: Yeah. So if, uh, if Sam Darnold was not just coming off the game where he got benched by PJ Walker, I think that this would be another popular game stack. Uh, And, and I still think people will obviously be playing, chuba hubbard uh and dj moore and then you know uh, michael leone will be the last guy left playing uh (laughs) playing robbie anderson and and then the atlanta guys i mean it's very straightforward uh you know mike davis saw his lowest number of total touches last week i think he got six carries and zero targets he handled like 19 percent of the of the total running back touches so this might be the first week where i play quarter l patterson actually and feel pretty confident about it because it just looks like he has gotten past mike davis like they're just straight up using him as both a wide receiver and a running back now he got he ran the most amount of routes as a wide receiver that he'd run all season last week and he got carries he got multiple carries inside the five yard line like he just is his role is is insane you know uh, assuming that it continues the other thing is I think there's also a buy spot here on Kyle Pitts because he's had the two nuts games in a row and he's priced at 6,300. And I think there's a little bit of sticker shock seeing that with him. Like I'd be I'd be surprised if he was 10% or whatever. And I, I mean, obviously this is a great matchup. The Panthers are just getting beat up on by everybody.
0: Yeah, I think 10% is probably a fair line just because it is a position people look to pay down at. Generally, even Kelsey has kind of maybe been getting like 15 but a lot of weeks you're not seeing someone spend up. So I think you're right. I'm also proud of you for not going back through all your mentions and just victory lapping everybody on Cordell Patterson versus Mike Davis. Cause I think you were right. Like um talking about how he was earning a role. And so he was so substantially outperforming Mike Davis that even though like the last four week market shares were tilted in Davis favor that that wouldn't necessarily continue. And so I don't know. You might've missed your opportunity to profit off of it. Cause now that's kind of priced in a bit, but, and... he,
1: but he, but the thing is, is that guys like quarter Patterson, no one ever believes the season, the season will be over. Quarter Patterson will like never have been a popular play. He's going to be like the 10th highest scoring running back eligible player in fantasy. And then he's going to be going in the eighth round of fantasy drafts next year when like some terrible team gives him a contract. But, but like, it's it, it, people just are not going to believe like he, he's going to be 7% projected owned at 6,700 every single week for the rest of the season.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I think you have to consider DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson as bad as it seems yeah. just like 28%, 25% of the team's targets um, over the past couple of weeks. Terrence Marshall was out last week. Haven't been using Chubba Hubbard quite as much in the and, past. And game. I
1: couldn't, I couldn't find any information on this. But Brandon Zylstra didn't play last week either. Keith I Kirkwood,
0: Keith Kirkwood was activated and played. Yeah, so him, it
1: like. I, I gotta be, I gotta cards on the table. I missed that doing projections last week. I don't know if he was a healthy scratch. I don't know if he was injured or what. But Keith Kirkwood just took that role, and and you know Keith Kirkwood is like an all-time traffic cone. Like a, a, not a guy <laughs> who was not a guy who was going to earn targets. So if, if the Panthers offense gets anything going here, I would expect like a pretty big DJ Moore game. Yeah.
0: So I don't, I mean, I think you like Robbie Anderson, I'm curious, like obviously ETR does influence things in the market. The uh, Robbie Anderson's thing has turned into a little bit of a social bit for them, but like the, the price is there and the value is there. So if the ownership's low, I think you kind of got to plug your nose and keep playing him in the tournaments a little bit
1: yeah uh so i expect this chargers patriots game to get some ownership and i expect it to be as boring as watching wallpaper dry i think that uh belichick will do you know a pretty good job basically like i think the the chargers win and and can definitely cover but i think they're going to run a lot i think i actually think this will end up being a a pretty big keenan allen game but i i don't expect it to be like a really good game stack and obviously the patriots are just going to run the ball a ton like uh though if john who doesn't play at 29 well damn hunter henry is really priced up i did not realize hunter henry was 4200 i thought he'd be like 3700 so i was gonna say if john who doesn't play Henry's a little bit more interesting but i i can't even get there for 4200 hunter henry
0: yeah well, yeah reven- i'm not revenge sure game
1: revenge game for hunter henry I'm not
0: i'm not sure john who impacts his role too much either um what's well, more that
1: they there they started out that game last week against the jets like john who had three targets in the first quarter and a carry like they they were like trying to scheme in stuff and so you know obviously that that's not gonna it's not gonna exist i mean you're you're the patriots fan what what happens in this game i mean i assume they just try and make herbert's life miserable
0: yeah i mean i think they tried to they were able to do it successfully last year but that doesn't mean it's necessarily gonna be the case um i like one-offs for the chargers more than i like the game stack but the the like the total here is pretty high. Like it's still 27, 28 point team total for the Chargers. And on the Patriots side, I think that does push them to a more pass happy game plan. I think Jacoby Myers, like, look, we've got him projected for 26% of the targets, 16% of the reception touchdowns. He's going to get there eventually. And um, I think that's fine for like a slot receiver projection if you want, but you're still getting him in 15% of optimals at 5,100. So definitely prefer T Higgins, definitely prefer Michael Pittman. But I, I think Jacoby Myers as a one-off is probably so what in a, what in the a spot. meme,
1: what a meme Jacoby Myers has become at this point. I mean, it is like it's
0: so feels so bad for the guy too. like when he scored that touchdown, that was called back. You could tell like what a relief it was. And then it was like, Nope, sorry. Coming off the It's board, like buddy.
1: he, I believe he, I saw someone tweet this last week. He's like 40 or 50 yards away from becoming the player with the most at yards in NFL history without a touchdown.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's it though. I think that's the only Patriot like Damian Harris, 6,100, like yeah. it, it's just a bad spot for him. And he's got to crack hundred yards and score mul- multiple touchdowns. And it's just a lot less likely to happen in this spot than some others.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just, I just already know I'm going to play Keenan and I'm going to be complaining about it by, you know, by, by halftime, I'm going to be like, this guy is so useless. Like I, I just, <laughs> I just already like, it's all, I just, I can, it it has been written in the stars. Um, All right. Another bad team bowl. We got the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Seattle Seahawks. I actually think this might be the way that I go for my vomit stack. Lawrence, Lawrence double stacks with the Metcalf bring back because Seattle defense is straight up off. I mean, they are so bad. They can't like this. I don't know. I don't know how this, I guess Jameis just was, was playing like shit last week, but the Seahawks defense has been bad against everybody uh i i mean i guess maybe this could just become uh you know rashad penny versus james robinson and these two teams try and like ru- outrush each other but that's
0: that's what's gonna that's happen that's what's man. gonna
1: happen yeah the,
0: C- the seahawks 50 plays last week you're like oh man this team it's, is running you know, 55 so plays like how can it yeah. get worse well it gets worse when you go from russ wilson to geno smith and your coach runs the ball more than 55 of plays and so the dk metcalf thing i i mean he'd have to be like 6K, 5,500 for me to be interested because he obviously has the talent to take one target to the house. But if you're running the ball that frequently and running that few plays, it just, it feels so bad. Like like a four target game is basically what you're looking at. And so can he get there? Sure, but it just feels really thin. So I'm probably off this game altogether. I think you could consider one-off pieces from the Jags because like you said-
1: 6,800 DK Metcalf. I, I do not have it in me to not do that on at least one team. And yeah. I know he got like two targets last week and just happened to score an 84, 84 yard touchdown on one of them. But I mean, just <coughs> like the, the knowledge that DK Metcalf could be priced at 6,800 is like, it's, that's just it, that to me, it's like the same thing as AJ Brown. It's just like AJ Brown at 6,900. Like I'm just going to play that guy.
0: Yeah, there's, it's just different because the Titans. I mean, the run pass ratio is the same, but the Titans were at least running plays and had a team total to support it. And a competitive well, yeah, the Titans
1: actually, the Titans actually like score points in game yeah. yards. So I can't do it, man.
0: I, more power to you. If you go there, Um, I would consider one-off pieces, but like the Jags are priced up like Marvin Jones. It's like 6k. So it's like, I don't, I don't think I can do it at all dan arnold maybe at 2800 i was gonna say
1: Dan dan arnold actually does look yeah i like him that's it
0: that's it that's the play for this game
1: yeah uh washington at denver uh i mean i literally don't want to play i don't want to play anyone from this game either like not 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 doing any uh though i guess i shouldn't say that because the washington football team signed a running back to their practice squad this week and and or, or maybe, they, maybe they called a guy up from the practice squad this week. So maybe this is finally the game where Gibson sits and we get to play McKissick. Uh, and get. I mean, Gibson has just been terrible and, and banged up. Um, but yeah, McLaurin, not, not into it. Uh, I guess Ju- Jerry Judy could be back this week. Um, he's priced at 4900 I I could see playing $4,900 Jerry Judy if he is uh, back and fully cleared this week. Yeah, I
0: think that makes sense. It's like the Tim Patrick price for Jerry Judy. So look at practice reports there. Could see playing Noah Fant potentially in some tournament lineups at 4,900, but I think this game is mostly a stay away. One, the football team seems to, like, they, they seem to put up some offensive numbers when they're when playing they're against trailing. teams. Yeah, like if they're 10 or 14 points behind. So I think they can have value in the right spots as bring backs, but you're probably not looking to stack Denver. Um, I guess if you were to go down the Teddy Bridgewater, he's 5,400. So like Teddy Bridgewater, Jerry Judy, you know a fan, that would be a pretty cheap stack. If you did go down that route in like 150 max build, I could see tossing a McLaurin or Gibson in there. This
1: slate is so obnoxious, dude. Like, well, I just, the fact that I would even have to think about that is so obnoxious. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I'd, I'd rather play... These why are
1: what? Here's the thing why are the Chiefs not on the main slate? This would be the all time by low spot on the Chiefs. No one would want to play them this week. Everyone would everyone would be like, they suck. Do you Mom think so? Them. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, man. Do. I, I, do. I think that the, I think that the, the stink of the Chiefs would keep them from being like stone chalk on the main slate.
0: Probably not stone chalk, but like the team total, it's going to drive so much anyways. So as long as like Vegas is hanging a 28 point team total for them, like people are going to be interested in Mahomes and Tyreek. Definitely like the tertiary players. Maybe those guys have worn off a bit, but I think we'll see Mahomes as popular as ever next time we see him.
1: So this final game, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and New Orleans Saints, I just don't get this line. Like, aren't the, aren't the Saints, like, basically just as shitty as the Bears? Like, why, are, why is Tampa Bay not a full touchdown favorite here? Why, why do the Saints have a 22-point team total? Like, I guess their defense is – I mean, their defense has played well, but the Saints are, are just – are not really that interested in scoring points. Um, Brady, Evans, Godwin, Fournette, all good plays. Uh, you know, some of the calculus of that stuff would change if Antonio Brown plays, if Rob Gronkowski plays. Uh, I don't have them in the projections right now. But I mean, Brady double stacks again. I, I, they'll probably be profitable this week.
0: Yeah. The price is kind of up a little bit. So Antonio Brown ends up mattering quite a bit because I think Chris Godwin at 6,400 is maybe a fringe play, regardless of what's going on. And they were definitely actively trying to get him the ball last week. Mike Evans with three touchdowns. Um, Antonio Brown's back. I think that that obviously reduces and shifts the target allocation around. And now you're getting, like a a Mike Evans that you should have been paying like 6,200 for, but now you're paying 7K and it's a three wide receiver rotation. So um, I'm somewhat interested. I think I probably have a little bit more respect for the Saints defense than you. And just the fact that they try to play so slow, I think it can suck some of the life out of the game. So I think the Bucs can still put up points, but it'll be done through efficiency rather than like a really high volume of plays. And that that'll probably keep me a a little bit lower on Tampa Bay than it sounds like you are. Well, it just means that it just
1: means that, one of Fournette, Evans, or Godwin will totally bust. Is 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 probably what it means. Possibly like,
0: two of them too. Yeah. I
1: mean, it's, I I I'm so like the this Brady Buccaneers thing. Like if AB's I, I'm just if just AB's not back, it. yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, if it, AB's back, it changes for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, I mean, we'll, you know, we'll be in the lab. We'll be thinking about it, but while well, we 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 get the premium content ready for Friday. But like, I just I don't have a spot here. And I'm like, yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to. Jam- Traquan Jaylenberg. Smith, you
0: bring it back with the Bucks, thirty nine hundred.
1: No, no, no. Just run the, uh, the Brady, the naked thirty nine hundred. Traquan Smith, maybe. Yeah, I, I could, I could see that. I mean, I, I don't know. I may, maybe I'll just, uh, maybe I'll just do the the Ponta and just click buttons and just play all my favorite plays and just go totally non correlated for my single entry teams. <laughs>
0: you almost um, you almost bonked last week so you gotta keep uh stick with the process
1: yeah i almost bonked with like a super correlated team with like yeah. uh d- double stack and mini stacks but um yeah we'll, we'll we'll figure it out uh all right everyone that's it we'll be uh we'll be back later this week
0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest but let me play devil's advocate here let's see so no that's a good thing uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem uh,